this stretch of road is regularly flooded and that is the path of least resistance. The path of least resistance is the path. But the path is blocked, it has a structure in the way that prevents you from um, getting through to the other side through the path of least resistance. So runners have created a new path of least resistance or walkers have created a new path of resistance, right? Um, and that is, is really interesting because Robert Fritz, when he talks about the path of least resistance, he talks about the structures, the external and internal structures that really can be quite catastrophic in your life or can be quite liberating. Welcome to the 1000 Days Sober Podcast. My name is Lee Davey. I am not an alcoholic. I refuse to be anonymous. I am someone that doesn't drink alcohol and I spend every single waking moment of my life helping other people do the same. Like right now, let's get my... Uh, Look like a grey rain cloud of doom at the moment. How are you doing, folks? I'm going to start wearing more colour, I think. Get myself a little bit more um, in the spirit of the happiness and joy that I currently find myself in. The wonderful vibe. Uh, before we start today, just want to say a shout out to Strive Support Coach Michael Bajaski. Today, yet yeah, today, he is celebrating his 1,000 day sobriety. Well done, Michael. And he has been with us the entirety of that journey and deeper beyond that. 1,000 days. Absolutely remarkable. What I love about Michael, Michael didn't just get sober. He didn't get just, he didn't just take the strive method and get sober. He stuck around. He stuck around and he gave back. And if you want to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol, one, and live uh, consciously, live a self-led life, one of the uh, great ways to do that is to turn into a servant, is to actually spend as much time as you can helping others. And that's what Michael does really, really well. That's what I did. That's why I created this podcast. That's why I created the Strive Method and the Strive Community. It was, um, it was to help people, but it was also to really solidify and create a foundation for my sobriety. And Michael's done exactly the same. When you get into the mix and you start helping other people, it's really difficult for you to uh, fall back and to relapse and to go back to where you once came because you've put added accountability on top of your shoulders. And some people, myself and Michael included, really thrive in that way. So consider that, okay? So well done, Michael. We love you, brother. We love you. So today I am going to talk about uh, running. I'm going to talk about running. And uh, draw some parallels between running and sobriety. Okay, running and sobriety. So recently, I decided to start running a little bit further. And um, really, what happened was I, I, I started this new drink called Magic Mind. I'm going to talk to you about that a little bit later. And uh, Magic Mind is a nootropic. Uh, it gives you uh, energy and clarity and focus and gets you in the zone, that kind of stuff. And I wanted to test it out and see if it would help me with my running, and it really does. And um, I will tell you about that a little bit uh, in more detail a bit later on. But just to give you some context um, around this, I was somebody who hadn't run for a long time. Um, when I did run, I would typically run between a mile and two miles, and I would get very tired between the mile and two miles, right? And um, the other day, I ran 10 miles. So I ran consecutively for 90 minutes, and I could have kept going. And I'll tell you why I didn't a bit later on. Um, I'm now thinking to myself, okay, 
let's run a half marathon and then let's run a marathon. Not join a half marathon or a marathon, just run it. Just run it. Just wake up one morning and run it. And, and that's my goal. And I want to talk to you about what's happened since I picked up my running shoes and, you know, just literally did that 10 miles in 90 minutes in two days, right? Um, the first thing that I want to share with you uh, that I've learned from this in context of um, being somebody that doesn't drink alcohol is you're not your paradigm, right? So a paradigm is the way that we view the world. Okay, um, a set of belief systems and conditioning, which leads leads to the way that we think, the way that we feel, and the actions that we take in the world. So um, we used to have, or I used to have, a paradigm, an alcohol paradigm, that alcohol was the greatest thing since sliced bread. It, it provided incredible value uh, to me, and it was amazing, and it solves so many problems, right? That was my paradigm around alcohol. It was super cool to drink it. Uh, today, my paradigm is very different. My paradigm around alcohol is it offers me no value. It's nothing but a poison. And the only reason I drank it is because I got stuck in the web that is the invisible, violent, and dominant belief system I call alcoholism, okay? Changing that paradigm, changing my belief system and my conditioning changed the way that I thought about alcohol, the way that I felt about alcohol. Um, that was how I ended up being someone that doesn't drink alcohol for 12 to 13 years, right? It's because I changed my paradigm. So you are not your paradigm. And when you work in the Strife Method, we work on this a lot, really unpacking what your paradigms are, whether those paradigms are actually serving you, and then taking action to change them. Okay, taking action to change them. So when it came to running, for example, my paradigm was I, I tire after two miles. Like I'm a two-mile runner. Um, I've only ever once in my life ran uh, for an hour, okay? Only once in my life I've ever run for an hour. So that was actually my paradigm. And what happens when you are stuck with a paradigm like that, a belief system, it, you, you apply a limitation to your potential. And that's really important because it impacts your energy. Think about somebody who believes they're a marathon runner versus someone who believes they can only run a mile. And imagine the different output of energy before they have even ran, before they've even started to run. That you, You're already, as the person who believes, has a paradigm that he can run and he's strong and he's healthy, he already has a couple of mile advantage over the person who doesn't believe that they um, are capable of running long distances, okay? So these paradigms are really important. And as I was running, I realized that I kept thinking, my old paradigm, I kept thinking, well, I, I only normally run two miles. And when I got over two miles, I kept thinking, well, I, I, I've never run more than 60 minutes. Like, you know, and then I said to myself, oh, okay, I get this. Lee, you are a marathon runner, right? So I've now created this paradigm that I am a marathon runner. As I'm running along, uh, along the Taft River here in Cardiff, I'm thinking to myself, I'm a marathon runner. And that is providing me with the energy um, that is allowing me to pump along, okay? So this is a difference between 
developing constraints, internal constraints as a result of your paradigm or a paradigm where you look at the old paradigm as a personal best and you want to smash it, right? So you are not your paradigm. So if you have a paradigm right now that you cannot drink alcohol, that you're always relapsing, that you're a terrible mother, you're a terrible father, that you are got no money, that you'll never have any money, uh, that you will never be a good friend, uh, that you're crap in bed, you are not your paradigm. A paradigm is just a set of beliefs and conditioning that has evolved over time due to the way that you have interacted with people and your environment around the world. Neuroplasticity allows you to change these things. Nothing is set in stone, right? So you are not your paradigm, really important. The other thing I want to talk about is the path of least resistance. The path of least resistance is an assignment uh, that we have in the Strife Method. It comes from the work of Robert Fritz, who actually wrote a book called The Path of Least Resistance. And the reason this came to me when I was running is I was running along this pathway along the Taff River. The Taff River um, and it was a day after an absolute downpour. And as I was running along this little path, I noticed that the path ahead of me was flooded. That I, I and I, it was too far. It was too big for me to jump over it. But and either side of the path is grass, right? To the left hand side of the grass, there was another path. So someone had actually carved over many months, maybe many years. Somebody had carved a path around the flooding. So what does this tell us? This tells us that this stretch of road is regularly flooded, and. That is the path of least resistance. So the path of least resistance is the path. But the path is blocked. It has a structure in the way that prevents you from um, getting through to the other side through the path of least resistance. So runners have created a new path of least resistance or walkers have created a new path of resistance, right? Um, and that is, is really interesting because Robert Fritz, when he talks about the path of least resistance, he talks about the structures, the external and internal structures that really can be quite catastrophic in your life or can be quite liberating. Uh, think about it. This structure, this um, external structure of water in my path uh, could have stopped me running, right? If there was no other way around it, I would have stopped and I would have gone back. An external structure, if I couldn't find a way of getting around it, it would be a constraint that would block my path, right? Now, think about external structures such as the pub, or your friends, or your bottle shop. How many of you leave work and go home via a certain route and end up in the same bottle shop? That is your external structure, your path of least resistance setting you up to fail if you want to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol. Okay. Imagine that every Saturday night or um, every Sunday after you play football, your external structures um, guide you to um, the local pub. All right? You're more likely to drink. I go even deeper than that. My external structures when I was a drinker, uh, my environment, I lived in Ogmore Valley. There was very little for me to do in terms of growth potential. When I lived in Ogmore Valley, I was capping myself, right? I was capping myself. Now, my paradigm was I was going to live in Ogmore Vale for the rest of my life. By creating a new paradigm, I was able to get off that path of these resistance and create a new one, which saw me travel around the world eventually end up living in between California and Cardiff, right? I change my external structures. There are also internal structures. These paradigms, these belief systems, these worldviews, 
these limits, limiting beliefs that we put on ourselves um, that create this path of least resistance, okay? <clears throat> so be aware of your external and your internal uh, structures and the path of least resistance you're on so you can have more self-awareness of where you are so you can then start to look about how you can look at your constraints, your structures, not as something that is going to be a game stopper, but a game changer. Constraints can be liberating because they can introduce critical thinking and they can get you to think outside of the box, be more creative. Uh, if you're more growth mindset than fixed mindset, when you're presented with a constraint, it's like, okay, how am I going to get around this? Right. And that is the, the way of thinking, uh, the context that you're going to need, the contextual way of thinking you're going to need if you want to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol. How you think, how you feel, how you talk, how you communicate, right? The context of how you're going to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol is really, really important. The other thing that I want to draw your attention to with the path of least resistance is think about, uh, sorry, another little drink of coffee set. Think about the path that was going around the pool of water, rainwater. <clears throat> in, in, it was a clear path, like it was a dirt path in between grass. So at some point, it wasn't a dirt path. It was just grass. So at some point, somebody, the first person, got to that point in the path, saw that it was blocked, and walked around it, the first person. And this is really important because I want to breed. I want to help develop a group of leaders at Stripe. If you want to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol and live consciously and live a self-led life, you have to find the leader within you and let that leader play, right? We all have one. Even the most timid, shy um, aspects of our personality that are now screaming at you saying, no, 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 you're not a leader, you're not a leader. But there is a leader within every single one of us. Leadership looks very, very different dependent on your personality types and your personality traits. There is not one size fits all leadership. But I can tell you in Strive, when people step into their leadership qualities and abilities and they start to lead, they go first. They don't wait for other people. They go first. Incredible things can happen in your life. All right. Incredible things. So when you get a, when you get it, when you hit a, a, a structure, a blockage, a constraint, you can ask somebody, how do I get around this? But you can also stop, sit down like Gandalf in the minds of Moria and have a think about which is the right way to go forward as a leader, trust in yourself, okay? Third thing I want to talk about is uh, celebration, celebration. How many of you listening to this podcast who are still struggling with drinking find it really difficult to be kind to yourself, find it impossible to think of positive traits, to find it unbearable to big yourself up and to talk yourself up. How many of you find it really easy to slip below the line into self-flagellation, self-deprecation, um, have low self-esteem, low self-worth, and are quite good at beating yourself up, right? Becoming a victim, okay? Well, if you, if you are in that space, you're going to find it really, really difficult to run half a an half marathon, and you're going to find it really, really difficult to be someone who doesn't drink alcohol and live a self-led life, okay? You need to try 
slipping into the mode of celebration. Okay. So when I ran my 10 miles, I celebrated in two ways. I came home. My wife, Liza, said, how was your run? And I said, it was amazing. I run 10 miles. Like I, I run for 90 minutes. I'm so proud of myself. And she was, she was so proud of me as well. Um, not only did I feel within myself a sense of pride, self-esteem, joy, self-love, happiness, and contentment, but the feedback that I got from my wife also made me feel a lot of great emotion and feeling. Okay. I also went on to Strive, our Discord channel, and said, hey, I did this. And I had some feedback from Striver saying, well done, Lee. And again, it made me feel good. It made me feel positive, especially when I've got this mindset that I am a marathon runner. And again, think about, you know, me going to other people and celebrating. Yeah, I go one step further and say, I am going to run half a marathon. <laughs> you know, I really put my accountability out there um, because it's really important to me that I am an old-fashioned man of my word, right? So find your way out of victim consciousness by celebrating. How do we do that at the Strive Method? Well, at Strive, we have quests. <clears throat> so um, you can choose to opt into quests and uh, have some fun with them. And one of our quests is for 30 days, you have to celebrate five wins every day. So every day, you have to celebrate five wins. And recently, one of our Strivers, she was doing the Strive Method assignments and she was doing an assignment around positive attributes. And she was finding it really difficult to say positive things about her, herself, right? And I said, and find positive qualities. And I said, what is the best quest we have at Strive to help you with that? And she said, wins, the win quest. I said, go do it now. And this morning when I logged on, she had logged her five wins. So basically at the end of the day, she'd gone on to Strive and she said, where was I a winner today? And she went on there and, and, and did five wins. Now, these wins aren't necessarily, I just ran half a marathon. These, these wins aren't, I just jump out of a plane. These wins are, I just put my daughter to bed, she cried, and it didn't trigger me. These wins are, it did trigger me, I went outside and I screamed at the moon instead of at my daughter. A win could be, I did not drink today. A win could be, I meditated for one minute today. A win could be, I walked around the block today right? Doesn't matter how many wins you log. It doesn't matter how fantastical the wins are. What matters is you start to build up the habit, which is then going to change your paradigms. Build up the habit. It's the habits that get you off the path of least resistance. It's the habits that get you into a new paradigm. So get into the habit of celebrating yourself and celebrating your wins. And I invite you to come to Strive. Email me at thestrivemethod.gmail.com. Come to Strive and participate in that, right? Another thing that I um, realized when I was running <clears throat> is I had set myself goals, right? So I said to myself, um, I wanted to run uh, uh, 30 minutes, and then I wanted to run 40 minutes and 50 minutes and 60 minutes and 70 minutes. I went up by 10-minute increments. And I noticed that as I was running and I'm listening to uh, various podcasts, I wasn't paying attention to the time. But when I felt that I was getting close to my end, I would look at the time. And guess what would happen? Let's say my goal on that day was to run an hour. And then I looked at the time and it was 50 minutes. Suddenly, I would start to feel a little bit of fatigue. 
I would start to feel a little bit tired and labored. And all of a sudden, the run wasn't as um, exciting and absorbing. I wasn't in the zone anymore. I was thinking about the end. And because I was thinking about the end, my energy was being um, disbalanced. Is that even a word? I was out of balance, out of whack, and I started to feel tired. And in that moment, I said to myself, Lee, it's really important now that you finish strongly. So it doesn't matter if I'm running for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, 60 minutes, 70 minutes, 80 minutes, or like I ran the other day, 90 minutes. When I get to the last five minutes, I am. I'm sprinting. I'm putting it in. Okay, I'm putting it in. Uh, why is that important? Well, if I just take the Strive method as an example, and Strive as a community. So people will come to Strive in a bid to be someone who doesn't drink alcohol. And they'll come to Strive, and they'll start posting. They may do some quests, and they may do the Strive method, and they'll do some assignments. And they start really well, but they rarely finish as strongly. It's, it's, it's usually me saying to them, hey, pull your socks up. Hey, why have you gone missing? Hey, what are you doing, right? It's this character trait that we've developed that we can't see things through to completion. It's an integrity breach, right? Get into the habit of finishing strongly. Finishing stronger than you start, right? Finishing stronger than you start. And running is a good way of doing that, right? I'm just about to finish. How can I finish more strongly? And like I said, once I looked at that clock, I was feeling a bit of fatigue. And this whole thing started with this little drink. I just want to talk about it for a little bit and give you the opportunity to um, get involved with it, right? So this little drink is called Magic Mind. It's just a daily shot, a little shot. That's all it is. Um, it's a nootropic, and it contains 12 magical ingredients. Uh, like matcha green tea, lion's mane, mushrooms, cordyceps mushrooms, uh, and it tastes just like a green juice does. You can either drink it alone or you can put it in coffee if you want or you can put it in a, a juice or something, right? But I wake up in the morning, I take it, and that drink, that little drink, it helps shift me from a two-mile runner to being someone who's in touch with running half a marathon, right? I'm the type of person that finds it really difficult when I take supplements, to feel any different. Liza will always give me a supplement and say, how's it feel? I don't feel any different. I've always been like that. You know, back in the day, not even with uh, supplements. Like if I had a headache and take aspirin, I don't even notice any difference, right? But this has been an absolute game changer for my endurance and my focus in the day. I, I just I just feel like a different person. And I can't explain it other than say that I feel like I have boundless energy. And for those of you that have listened to this podcast uh, for many, many, many years, you'll know I don't tell you to go out and take products. I don't advertise much stuff. But I'm telling you now, if you want to get into the zone quicker, if you struggle with energy levels, if you want more clarity and focus, you just want to feel good and super sexy and supercharged, Magic Mind, try it out, right? So we have a good offer for you. Go to www.magicmind.com forward slash sober, okay? And use the code sober20. If you do that, you get 40% off your subscription. It works out about $3 a ball. Hmm. So go do it. It's absolutely amazing. Magic mind. <clears throat> right. Back to the run. I mentioned it earlier on. Really important. I didn't just 
run out of the house and run for 90 minutes. Uh, I set myself a goal to run for 30 minutes and then the next day 40. Actually, not even the next day. I gave myself a couple of days in between because my calves were getting a bit tight and my knees were hurting a little bit as I was kind of getting used to running again. Um, so I was growing incrementally by 10 minutes every day. Okay. Um, this is the same if you want to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol and live consciously, right? It's like the Alcoholics, Alcoholics Anonymous, AA, take every day as it comes, right? I would even break it down deeper than that. When, when you think about being someone who doesn't drink alcohol forever, it creates upper limit problems, right? You, there's a part of you that will say, ah, we're not going to do that. And they'll make all manners of excuses to stop you from getting off that path of least resistance, from keeping contained in that jail cell of that paradigm, right? Um, the way around that is to not think about the big, long question if you're the type of person who has a difficulty with that. I wasn't. Like, I thrived saying, I'm never going to drink alcohol again. I'm putting that pressure on myself. But not everybody's like that. So if you're the type of person who balks against that pressure and really doesn't like it, then just say to yourself, I ain't drinking today. Take the vow that today I'm not going to drink. Or break it down even further, like I said. Most people sleep from, say, 10 o'clock at night till 7 o'clock in the morning. Then at 7 o'clock in the morning, they're not drinking, right? They're brushing their teeth, having breakfast, they're out the door to go to work. Most people can't drink at work these days. So maybe you're coming home at 4 or 5 o'clock. You're going to bed at 10. So between 4, 5, and 10, here's your issue, right? So we're looking at a five, six-hour window every day of you not drinking. It could be that you have a, a commute home. It could be that you're never going to drink after 8 o'clock. You'll know your thing. But I'm telling you, your problem is not a 24-hour problem. Your problem will be somewhere in the range of a 2 to 3 to 5 to 6-hour problem. So now, instead of saying, I'm not going to drink forever, you're not even saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to drink for a year. I'm not even saying, I'm not going to drink for a month. You're not even saying, I'm not going to drink for a day. You're saying, I'm not going to drink for three hours. I'm not going to drink for six hours. Now you have to find something in three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours, um, that is going to provide you with the reward you perceive alcohol provides you with. I'm saying the word perceive because alcohol doesn't provide you with any value. You just think it does because your paradigm thinks it does, okay? And your paradigm is all rocking and all ruling. My paradigm used to say alcohol gives me value. My paradigm says alcohol doesn't give me value, right? So you find something that can replace that value. What could that something be? You could take some magic mind and you can get out the door and you can go run a mile, right? That would take you, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes for some of you. You can go run... 10 mile if you can, that'll take you 90 minutes, right? If you've only got three hours, you've run for 90 minutes. By the time you get back, you ain't going to want to have a drink, okay? So grow incrementally and fill the gaps uh, incrementally as well. Uh, clarity. Clarity is super important. Uh, I, I like to read and support and coach high performers. High performers all have an acute sense of clarity. They have absolute clear focus. They know what they're doing, right? Think about knowing you want to be someone who doesn't drink alcohol ever, 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 what clarity that brings in terms of how you plan to do that versus I'm not sure if I want to drink forever or not. That isn't clarity, okay? That isn't clarity, okay? So when it comes to running, 
for example, like me, it's uh, there needs to be a clarity of purpose for me. So visualize a longer-term goal. In my case, I'm going to run a marathon. At some point, I'm going to run 26 miles. In the very near future, just around Cardiff, I'm going to wake up one morning, I'm going to run 26 miles. Hopefully, I won't drop dead. <laughs> but that's what I'm going to do, right? I'm very clear that that's what I'm going to do. I'm very clear. If you're thinking that there's more to life than this, then good, you're waking up. Now, one of the most critical steps when choosing to up-level your life is to find a tribe who sees and hears you because feeling like you matter is so important. Strivers are a community of people united in the common goal of becoming people who don't drink alcohol and living a self-led life. So if you crave freedom, compassion, and peace, Strive is for you. And you can join our amazing community for free. All you have to do is email method at gmail.com and we'll get you signed up. Brendan Bouchard, who wrote a great book on high performance, high performance habits, <coughs> he says, what are your five big things? What are your five big things, right? Get your five big things down on paper. Look at them every day and make sure that you're spending at least 60% of your waking hours every day on those five things. That is clarity, okay? That is clarity. So right now, as a runner, I know that I want to run a marathon, so I have a plan and a schedule in order to make that happen, yeah? And it's one of my five things. One of my five things is to be a super helpful person, right? So running is a part of that for me, okay? Running is a part of that for me. So have clarity. When it comes to being someone that doesn't drink alcohol, what is your goal? How important is it? Is, is being sober one of your top five things? If it is, are you spending around 60% of your time working on that? Do you even know what your five big things are? People who stop drinking alcohol, they have a lot of time on their hands called white space. How are you filling it? Are you filling it with these five things, these really important things that are going to get you in a flow state, get you feeling all cool and amazing, time just whizzes by? Or are you filling those five things with mindless, boring things, which then help support the paradigm that being sober is boring? Be, be very careful of that trap, right? Be very careful of that trap. I'm a great believer. Figure out meaning, purpose, clarity, the most important things that matter in your life. Break those down into actionable steps and fill your calendar up with them. If you do that, the likelihood of you relapsing is minimized tremendously, tremendously, okay? Two more things and I'll let you go. Take a different route. So the first time, first time I was running, I went to the Taff River and I turned right. Then for a couple of times after that, I turned left. I think it's really important to get some experimentation into your life, to do different things, to challenge yourself, to not know where you're going. Very often, the reason that we drink alcohol is we don't have a mental map of the future. And because we don't have a mental map of the future, it creates us with anxiety and stress, particularly people who have a rigid personality pattern. If you Google 1000 Days Sober Podcast interview with Stephen Kessler, who wrote the book Personality Patterns, you'll, you'll, you'll learn more about that. But a rigid personality pattern, which is why I have, is I'm very systematized, right? Like, I need a plan, man. And if I don't have a plan, I freak out. Okay, I freak out and I dip below the line and I get triggered. My inner child and my parts that don't like not having a plan start playing up, start taking control. So it behooves me 
when I go running to go somewhere, I don't know where the hell I'm going because it's good practice for those parts who feel uncomfortable just to remind them that, hey, we're all right. We've got this, right? We might not know where we're going. We might not know where we're going to end up. And that is okay because we were born perfectly imperfect. We were born with everything that we need to succeed within ourselves, okay? So taking a different route, experimenting, doing different things, really important. And finally, scheduling, okay? Scheduling. Oh, no, I've got two more. Scheduling. Find the time to run. If you don't find the time to run or carve out the time to run, how are you going to run a marathon? If you don't find the time to attend online or live meetings with sober people, if you don't find the time to do your Strive Method assignments, if you don't find the time to respond to people's feedback on those, if you don't find the time to go to Strive and take part in the quests and be checking in every day and to be appreciating five people every day and to be doing your line awareness checks when your alarm goes off, uh, if you're not checking in with your wins, if you don't have time and schedule of things to do that, you're not going to go very far, right? You're not going to go very far, all right? So find time to schedule how you're going to be someone who doesn't drink alcohol and live consciously, okay? And I want you, after you've done this, to schedule some time to email me at strivemethod at gmail.com to learn more about joining us and taking the Strive Method and doing our wonderful question stuff, right? And finally, and most importantly, okay, if I want to run a marathon, it became really apparent to me as I'm running along the Taft River, breaking my records daily, it became very apparent to me that if I'm going to run a marathon, I need to make sure that my lifestyle is supportive of a marathon runner. Okay? I am a pretty healthy guy and a pretty fit guy anyway. So I'm able to run 10 miles, right? Like it is a part of my makeup, right? I'm, I'm just a healthy guy. But, but there's a reason that I'm a healthy guy, right? There, there are certain foods I won't eat. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I meditate. I stretch. I run. I exercise. Um, I live in the vibration of a higher frequency of energy. I'm in alignment with my integrity, right? I I do things that support the type of things that you do if you want to run a marathon, right? If you want to be someone that doesn't drink alcohol, all right, you're less likely to get there if you are eating shite, if you're sitting on the settee watching TV all day, if you don't exercise, if you don't read, if you don't listen to podcasts, if you don't take training courses, if you don't do therapy or coaching, if you don't socialize with friends who are going to uplift you, if you don't release your emotion when you feel it and let it do its job, if you don't spend time with your family and in love and connected to them, right? If you don't do these things, if your life is shit and you yourself feel shit, it is going to be very, very difficult to be someone who doesn't drink alcohol. This is why at Strive, I would much prefer to focus on helping you work on having a great life because if you work on having a great life and being a great person, you likely won't want to drink alcohol. 
alcohol comes into the picture because your paradigms tell you that life is shit, that you are a worthless piece of shit, and the only, the only nugget of gold in your day is a drink of alcohol. That's your paradigm. Let's change our paradigm, right? So if you want to run a marathon, make sure that the behaviors and habits and your structures and your life is structured in order for you to do that. If you want to be someone who doesn't drink alcohol, do the same thing. All right. I just want to say a big thank you for supporting this podcast, for rating it, for reviewing it, for telling your friends about it. Really appreciate you, okay? If you want help becoming someone who doesn't drink alcohol or you want some coaching on anything else, two options. Go to www.thestrivemethod.com and you can buy uh, the book we have up there. Um, how to quit alcohol in 30 days before it told you 30 years and you get a load of bonuses there okay um so you can do that or you can email me at strivemethod at gmail.com and say lee i would love for you to coach me because i want to be this that or the other and i need some help doing it um or you want to learn more about the strive method um and don't forget magic mind give it a go okay that's www dot magicmind.co forward slash sober and use the special bonus code sober20. I hope that was really helpful. Email me at strive method at gmail.com with your thoughts and much love. Take care. Strive on. Thanks for listening to the 1000 Days Sober Podcast. Without you, the listener, there is no podcast. So thank you for stepping up today. Please go to your podcast player, rate and review the show. It will help people get to know about it a little bit more and we can save some more lives. I just want to say a special thanks to our producer, Stan, who is currently in the Ukraine. If you would like to help and support Stan and his family, email us at thestrivemethod at gmail.com and we'll find a way to do that. Special thanks to all of our guests who make this show so magical and our Strive family for uniting in our common goal to be people who don't drink alcohol and live self-led lives. And if you want to join us, email us at thestrivemethod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you enjoyed this show, tell somebody about it. You could seriously change somebody's life. Strive on, everybody.